44. Okay. And then um, let's do the neck. Hello, it's me again. I'm in the middle of a suit fitting. 85. Back shoulder. 39. Okay. Uh, left sleeve. Leon Wu is the one calling out 57. the next measurement, and Antonio Soto is the voice giving my sizes. 57. Bicep? Oh, bicep. You yes, please. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. 28. Huge. Today on Outfit, we're talking to Leon, the founder and CEO of Sharp Suiting, and Antonio, the expert designer at Sharp. They run a bespoke suit company for the LGBTQ community, which is so cool. We're in a design consultation for my first custom suit, and I can tell you right now, it will not be my last. I needed a custom suit because I was sick of being too small for the men's suits and too rectangular for the women's suits. It's usually like the sleeves are too long, the shoulders are too broad, mm -hmm. the armholes are really big. Mm -hmm. I was dying to hear more about dressing female bodies in masculine cut suits. So Leanne and Tony came to the studio for an interview, but we will check back in on our suit soon. Um, so tell me a little bit about sharp suiting from business perspective. What, what do you guys provide? Sure. Um, well, uh, sharp suiting, um, I had founded in 2013 and we started selling suits inspired by the community. Um, LGBTQ community, that is, um, and mainly um, lesbian community. Um, Wait, did you intend to start with, like, the lesbian community? Or did you find that lesbians wanted, like, badass suits? Um, you know, this is kind of something that um, was, um, like, a deep need for myself as well as friends mm -hmm. um, I was that person that people came to whenever they needed some advice on where to go get like either androgynous or masculine clothing you know um, no matter how they identified and um, you know I just had it one time when I went with a friend who was trying to get a suit uh, for a wedding that they were attending mm -hmm. um, back then they identified as butch they're now transgender man mm -hmm. um, we tried on must have been a dozen suits and combinations thereof and you know the the sales rep was really not very helpful made her yeah quote unquote at the time um feel very uncomfortable and i already had the idea and um researched some suppliers in my back pocket for this idea of creating sharp back then um but that's when it really kind of kicked in the gear queer people often we we have to force our bodies and our identities into what's available and sort of ready-made and, and easily understood by other people instead of having the freedom to just be who we are and how we are. And I think clothing is just a prime example where identities who don't specifically fit into a woman's shirt or a man's shirt look funny in it. And it's not their fault. It's because it wasn't made for them. And now they look like they're playing costume or dress-up because there's no shelves that has stuff for us to buy that works for our bodies in unison with our identities. Um, yeah, so I was female assigned at birth. So, you know, me, my parents had no clue. They just started dressing me like a girl. And um, I just remember one of my first grade school picks, probably my first one, I was wearing this um, 
navy blue sailor dress that was like you know navy blue and then there was like a white collar with this bright red ribbon and you could just when you look at the picture you can just see that there's like a blank stare mm. there you know behind my smile and it's almost like i look at the picture i'm like is there anybody behind there am i pretending like i'm not there you know um right and then it was really hard like for instance like when there was some sort of school like formal or dance or something oh like that. man i, I know I that felt like feeling. i was in drag I felt oh like, my god totally you know? <laughs> i have told my friends before that i feel like i'm in drag if you make me wear a dress I'm yeah so, i'm so yeah. uncomfortable <laughs> So what was that like at those moments, those proms and graduations and things you were saying? You know, I just I just said, this is what people do. And, you know, I would talk to my mom and my sister and they're like, oh, this is just how it is. Nobody really loves it that much. You know, there's not <laughs> any girly girls in my family, right? It's just, okay. you know, you kind of do the part. Yes, it can feel like you're playing a part that is not even close to yours. Plus, I mean, I think that w what a company like Sharp does is not only not only do we provide suits, but we try to provide a suit that also fits well and looks good. Yeah. So that, I mean, as a society, we are judgmental. We do look at, you know, whether it's a dress or a suit, whether someone is put together well. And I think that's what we try to do our part to not only make the customer feel really good about themselves, but then also they present themselves to the world in a less threatening way. Um, so that it does become normalized mm -hmm. and it's not like not to say that there's anything wrong with it but when you see like some uh, uh someone who's masculine presenting female bodied that's in a suit that doesn't fit them mm -hmm. it gives off the wrong message so it's sort of ties back to like something that we've always believed in which is visual activism and it's about normalizing something that shouldn't even be an issue but the more that people see it in in a way that they can understand and digest it and even think like, you know, maybe I don't agree with them wearing a suit or whatever, but they look great. Mm -hmm. The way I feel about it is if people have never seen a woman in a suit, then it's my responsibility to make it look really, really good. Uh, speaking of suits. Let's check in on mine. See how it's coming along. The buttons. Oh. And there are tons of buttons to choose from, just as there are fabrics. Being that you chose blue, you know, but generally are the ones that work the best with it are your browns, blues. Right. My eye caught that one right away. Like a light brown. Yeah. Yeah. Usually you f see suits off the rack, mm -hmm. which have to work for everyone. Everyone. So the, <laughs> the buttons that they choose, the lapels, it kind of has to be something for everyone or the safest bet. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, like you might pick something like this, which is not off the wall. Mm -hmm. You've just never seen it before. Mm -hmm. I want to go with the least safest bet. <laughs> so the least safest, the least safest okay. bet. I'm willing to take some risks here. You know what we can do is we can go with um, the button of your dreams, what you just mentioned as the least safest bet, and we can also have on uh, uh, deck the safer buttons. It's easy to Change switch them out. Oh, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, it's just something you just take to the tailor and. Okay, here is what my suit looks like so far. It is cornflower blue in Super 120's wool fabric. 
Um, I got double besom jacket pockets that match the back pocket of the pants. And I chose a single buttonhole on a notch lapel. And I, I went with the brown buttons, light brown. It's a two-button stance jacket. And I liked the buttons so much that I added them to the back pockets with a loop closure. Uh, as Tony was mentioning, visual activism has been a big part of what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was a point where women couldn't even wear pants yes. out in public. You know, like one of my favorite stories is the socialite Nan Kemper who went to a really swanky restaurant and she was wearing an Yves Saint Laurent suit and they wouldn't let her in because she was wearing pants. But back then, like, Yves Saint Laurent suits were very masculine mm -hmm. with a very long jacket. So all she did was take off her pants and said, fine, and she walked in. <laughs> oh my god, I never knew that's what I For me, this suit is going to mean it's the first time that I'm not trying to wear or rock a men's suit and it's, and it's not going to be me trying to, like, like wear a women's suit baggier so that it doesn't like flare out at the hips and do all these weird things that I don't like. So I asked them like, what does a suit mean to you? For me and, and when I'm talking about me, I am talking about also um, women too. I think that, you know, um, back when I was in business school, I had like this Ann Taylor suit and I just thought to myself, like I, Back then, I was presenting as a, you know, a woman. I was still masculine or um, uh, presenting. But then, you know, for interviews and things like that, you know, I wore a female suit. Mm -hmm. And I really just didn't like the way that they were designed, you know. Um, they were like cute versions of men's suits. And they had bigger buttons. And the whole point of putting a suit on, to me, is um, to be taken seriously mm -hmm. and having that integrity. You, you, it's a special occasion or a special forum, you know? Um, and, um, you know, that's why, you know, with Sharp, that's what I wanted to bring to not just people who identified similarly to me, which is masculine presenting or transgender, but also women in general. Mm -hmm. um, feminine cuts too, but not with, you know, jumbo size buttons. <laughs> Those damn buttons. Yeah. I guess for me, a suit always represented like an adult, successful. And so as I got older, like that still stayed in my mind. I remember, you know, going to a wedding and having a drink and having my cigar and just feeling like it was all very natural to me. Not necessarily because of the masculinity, but because of just like what it represented in terms of status and mm -hmm. class. And every time that I do that, I wear a suit and it doesn't necessarily make me uncomfortable or like I'm overdressed. I feel like I just feel important, I guess. What we try to do also, which is a whole nother topic, is giving our community confidence because that's something that some may lack. It doesn't happen so much in the gay community. They have confidence for days sometimes, <laughs> but for, for the lesbian community yeah. or the transgender community, like they have, there's a lot of, I guess, like emotional baggage that comes along with it and it prevents them from being the most confident that they can be. So sometimes when they come to us, it's the first time that they really feel like this is what I should be in. I, I'm interested, Antonio, in the way that you got into fashion. I, I mean, I don't think that I, when I was younger, I, I dressed any differently. I always dressed sort of masculine. Mm -hmm. But I guess I was always interested in like adapting Mm -hmm. adopting like higher fashion but it tended to be women that I was looking at 
I saw one of my aunt's friends mm -hmm. wearing her ripped jeans with leggings under. So you see the black come out. Mm -hmm. And I just had to do it. So I, I did whatever I had, which were black Batman leggings, and wore it with those jeans. And I mean, I don't think anyone even noticed. See, I don't remember, but I know I have heard stories about um, being maybe two or three years old and walking around in my mom's heels or putting on a dress and um, so it would be maybe like a family party or something and I've learned later on that my dad didn't really stand up for me mm. or when the other men were like joking or criticizing or something instead of defending me he sort of like not he didn't join but he got mad at me for doing that as oh. a two or three year old mm -hmm. and so I mean, I think that really affected my self-esteem. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I guess that's always been, I don't know if it's maybe like um, exploring or what I was doing at that age, but I, I really don't remember. But I mean, I was always a feminine. Like, I think that's why also when I did get older, I was trying to look for acceptance and I needed sort of a family outside of my family that I could just be myself because I didn't have that family where it didn't matter what you did, you were still loved. Mm -hmm. And not that they didn't love me, but they just didn't convey that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just got a mental tear hearing your story, oh. Tony. <laughs> you never told me that. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you can wear high heels into sharp anytime, whenever you want. <laughs> And I'll go further than identity and say, I do feel like fashion is feelings. Like that I wish that everyone could just be able to do for themselves in any situation, no matter what part of the country they are in, no matter what family brought them up, you know? Um, and, you know, here in, in the city, like we can, we can do things like that, you know? Right. So there's still another step where we meet for the tailoring. When the suit is made yeah. and I put it, it on. It won't necessarily fit perfectly yet, sure. but it'll be close to your body, Great. and then we make it look perfect for you. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I told you guys that this won't be the last suit I make with Sharp, and what I meant by that was I now work for them. I'm a suit designer. I'm a Tony. Uh, I do for other people what Tony did for me, which is design something that makes you feel really good. Uh, it, it's really nice to be able to create a garment with someone and for someone that fills that gap that we talk about in this podcast. So this has been another episode of Outfit. I'm your host, Ellen Ford. There's one more episode left, and we're going to talk to the founders of Tomboy X, the underwear company, because if all of our clothes on the outside are telling the world uh, something about us, then why is what we're wearing on the inside so important? Thanks for listening.